0: What's up,
1: buds? Neither of this end hit along the wall, a to the left point, kept in by Orbit down in front of shot and a score! And it's Devontae Smith Pelly on a save! C- Adam Stringham and today I'm happy to be joined by John Press. How you doing, John?
0: Uh, I'm pretty good. How are
1: you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been it's been a long time since uh, we've had an episode of the show. Uh, I think there's only been really a handful since you and I spoke about six months ago. So we've got quite oh. a lot of hockey to catch up on. Uh, Do we? <laughs> well, I, mean, I guess we do. I mean, we could talk about the World Cup instead if you'd prefer or Star Wars or a really Tons of things have gone on in the in the in the broad world, but I mean, maybe True. our listeners want to hear about about hockey and maybe Ovechkin and what he's doing this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs>
1: um, let's start just by talking about the Washington Capitals, who are sixth place in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, we are recording this on November thirtieth. As of right now, they're sitting on about a four seventy-nine point percentage. Uh, they have a negative goal differential. And, you know, it's it's really they they've been tough to watch at times this year because it feels like the offense can't get going. I mean, I I definitely want us to talk about goaltending and kind of how you think the new guys have fared. But let's first just talk about the team, where they are in the standings and and what you kind of feel like they've been lacking from an offensive perspective.
0: Yeah, well, uh, you know obviously coming into the season uh the big story was uh going to be can they survive the injuries that hit them and uh at that point we were talking about uh like Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson and maybe Carl Hagelin you know and uh since then it, the injuries have only gotten worse N- none of those guys are back and they've had massive injuries you know lost Car- Connor Brown for the season a few games in uh, Orlov's missed probably half the games by now. Carlson missed a big handful of games. TJ Oshie's missed a ton of games. Um, there are Probably other guys that I'm not even remembering right now who've missed a bunch of games. But uh, uh, Connor McMichael missed a bunch of games, which with which <laughs> with what I can only assume was an injury, because why else wouldn't he be playing? Uh, no, but I mean, the, and so the the question was, could they survive that? And you know, I thought that if they just Kind of could tread water uh, and then get uh, healthy and go on a little bit of a run, they'd probably be able to sneak into the playoffs. Um, You know, they've arguably been able to tread water. They're, you know, one game under NHL 500. I think they're 10, 11, and three. Um, But, um, you know, they've got uh, a hill to climb. And uh everybody points to American Thanksgiving, which I refer to as Thanksgiving, um, as as a point where if you're not in the playoff in playoff position then, you're kinda digging yourself a, a big hole. And uh since I think uh two thousand four oh five, roughly three-quarters of the teams that make the playoffs did it in uh, were in playoff position at Thanksgiving. So uh the caps were not and they weren't particularly close to it. Um, so you know, I I think they're in a lot of trouble. to To be completely honest, uh, you know, it's not so much the points they have to make up, but they also have to uh climb a bunch of teams uh to get back in this thing. I, I was looking at it, and you know, last year the playoff the cutoff for the playoffs in the East was eighty only eighty five points because it was so top heavy. The top eight, you know, the Caps made it in as the eight seed with a hundred points um that's not a particular that's not the the norm the norm is you know around 93 points or so which is coincidentally the exact pace that the uh second wild card team is on right now um to go to get to 93 points the caps would have to have a 603 points percentage the rest of the way which is something like going 32 20 and 6 you know and, and frankly, I, I haven't seen anything that shows me that this team can do that. And uh, certainly not if they don't get real healthy real fast. You know, there, there are moments where they look like a good competitive team. But, you know, overall, I- expecting them uh, to to win, you know, 32 out of 58 games the rest of the way seems like a bit of a tall order. And then you have to consider that they would have to uh pass Montreal Florida the Rangers the Penguins uh you know Detroit or the Islanders if one of those teams fall out of playoff position it's just it's it's a it's a tall task ahead of them uh so uh you know there there's some good things going in their favor they they have played the hardest schedule in the east so far and uh the the rest of the season their schedule is actually the second easiest in hockey behind uh Calgary I think uh so, you know, there, there's some reason to not quite, can, you know, uh, stick a fork in these guys yet. But it's getting real late, real early, and uh, they're, they're in for it. So, uh, I don't know. I, that probably doesn't answer your question, but that's kind of my state of where they are and, and what's going on right now. And it's really been uh, a combination of a bunch of things. You know, you can't point to – I mean – obviously the offense hasn't um done what you would like it to do the the power play has been largely terrible the 5 on 5 offense has been about average a little below average and their finishing uh luck their shooting percentage has been uh a bit below average uh so the offense hasn't been there this year but obviously there's the injuries uh there's some coaching decisions that uh, I think are, are fair to question so far. So it's kind of been a perfect storm of shit so far. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Alex Ovechkin doing historic things on a nearly nightly basis, uh, I agree. This team would be kind of hard to watch right now and uh you know, luckily we do have Ovechkin to watch to uh, keep our interest, but uh, their competitiveness is uh, seems to be waning a little bit.
1: You know, you talk about how they have to make up for the injuries, and, and it was kind of a similar thing at the beginning of last year for the this Capitals team, and I think we saw Kuznetsov and Ovechkin um, both put up kind of, out of this world numbers at the start of the year. Uh, they did cool off a lot in the second half, but they were able to kind of keep that team treading water to keep them as, you know, use, yep. using your words, the, the team was in a good spot as these guys got healthy and, you know, backstrom obviously never got back to full health. Um, so it wasn't, we never really quite got to see the capitals as we wanted to see them last year, but, they they've been good and productive this year, but they're not quite carrying as much water as they did last year. Um, and I think that's part of the reason you see the capitals right now. They're 26th in the league in goals per game. Um, uh, you know, what is, is there anything, I mean, you, you said you don't think it's it's all offense, but, but what kind of, if you had to talk about kind of offense, defense, and goaltending, you know, what, what's really fallen off year over year to lead to this team being 26th right, and well, put coaching in there too.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not goaltending because the goaltending has been better than it was last year. Uh, And, uh, you know, you can point to individual goals and individual games that um, Kemper and Lindgren may not have been at their best. But on whole, um, I think they're doing exactly what's been asked of them, if not more. Um, Defensively, you know, they've lost their... Arguably, their best defenseman, or a for uh, what what's probably half the year at this point, right? Uh, I mean, he's played I think thirteen games, and they have they played twenty four. So, you know, that's a, that's basically half the year he's missed so far. Um, and then, you know, John Carlson uh, missed missed uh, six games, so that's a quarter of the year. So, and those overlap too. So, you know, but then. It, with with the defenseman you do have, you go out and you put John Carlson with Eric Gustafson on your top defensive pairing. And uh, that's just not a great combination. And it doesn't take uh, some stat nerd to tell you that those two uh, more offensive minded uh, skaters are are going to possibly have a little trouble defending in their own zone. And they have, and uh, you know, the team leaks shots and scoring chances when they're on. So, you know, I I think there's some fingers to point at the defense. Uh, I think that we're still trying to figure out whether Martin Faravari is the guy we saw at the beginning of last year that looked very competent or the guy that we saw for the rest of last year. And so far this year, which uh, hasn't been as good, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a too much too soon for the guy probably uh, and not bringing him along uh, at the right pace, but uh, you know, he hasn't been, uh, great and, and, and I don't think anybody back there has been particularly great, but, but it, you know, they're not getting the goals last year. You know, you mentioned Ovechkin and Kuznetsov carrying the team through the tough times. They also had, uh, a lot of rookies stepping up last year. Remember they had, you know, uh, McMichael, uh, Protis, Brett Leeson scored a couple goals, you know, guys. Guys were stepping up, it seemed. And this year, it seems like there's less of guys really stepping up. Uh, you know, Connor Sherry has has done it a couple times. Every once in a while, you'll see a flash from Marcus uh, Johansson or something. But, um, you know, in general, you haven't seen a lot of it. I, I really like Dylan Strom and what he's brought to the team. Yeah, um, But, you know, you'd probably like to see a little more from Anthony Mantha. You'd like to see uh, a little bit more from Lars Eller, you know, the guys who uh, you need to lean on during uh, these harder times. uh, And they're just not um, really getting that. And part of that's uh, just puck luck. And part of it is uh, a, a team that is having trouble, uh, in base basically all over the ice. Um, and you know, if not for good goaltending, uh, we'd be burying them already. I think.
1: Now, you know, you talk about Anthony Mantha. He he obviously scored against Vancouver. Um, but it, overall, he's just. I mean, what what are your thoughts on Mantha? I think the cap Capitals fans are, are really at least I I've really started to. Hear what we heard from people in Detroit, the his naysayers in Detroit about how he just disappears for significant stretches.
0: Um, you know, I I think that I can see some of that. Uh, to be honest, I I think it's important, um, not to sort of conflate, um what I think is a big misconception uh, about the guy in that because he's so big, people ex- assume that he's going to be a physical force out there and, you know, go out there and bang like Tom Wilson does. But that's not his game. And, uh, you know, we've seen it forever uh, where uh, bigger guys who don't hit get uh, just the wrath of the fans. So I think there's some of that going on. But, you know, I think they're also legitimate um concerns about his uh productivity and you know, maybe his engagement. But the you know, the team, uh Luke had a good piece on our site the other day that everybody should look at. Um the team's better with him on the ice. Uh they haven't necessarily gotten the goals to show for it, but uh offensively and defensively, um they're they're winning uh possession battles and expected goal battles when Mantha's on the ice at fives. And, you know, part of that is context. He's not necessarily going up against the opponent's best team, best uh, forwards. And certainly they're not putting out their top defensemen to mark him. Um, But yeah, I, I think he's a guy who you'd like to see a bit more production from. I mean, I don't know what's realistic right now. He's got, I think, six goals in 24 games uh, that's a 20 goal pace. Um, if he had seven goals, he'd be on a 28 game, pa- 28 goal pace. And uh, would anybody be upset with Anthony Mantha on you know just under a 30 goal pace? I, I think that's kind of what you would hope for, right? Uh, and so I think we we should be uh, realistic in the expectations there, especially in the context of a team that doesn't create offense. You know, like. Yes, Anthony Mantha is part of the reason, uh, but he's also um, a, a um, you know it, it's also impacting his ability. So it, it it does it does get kind of circular on itself. Um, but when you're playing him out there with uh, other guys uh, who aren't uh, producing, you know it's it's tough to expect him to be um, that big a driver of offense by himself. I don't think that's his game.
1: Yeah. And, and I think he gets a bit of a uh, unfair rap just because he was, uh, you know, obviously traded for, for Jacob Vrana um, who was well, like he was. Miami, wow. And uh, you know, he's, I think it, it's easy to see Mantha as the big hulking body and when you think about Vrana, you think about speed and dynamic offense, the type of stuff that, you know, the, a guy that could create his own offense, you know, right. you give. and um, the Capitals don't have a lot of that now. Um, so kind of Vrana being part of the substance abuse program in the NHL aside, uh, I mean, it feels like the Capitals arguably need someone more with that skill set than a guy with Mantha's skill set right now. At least, at least that's how I feel. I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way.
0: Um, I mean, sure. Uh, Obviously they could use somebody who could create more offense. We wouldn't be here, uh, you know, talking about the problems if, if it wasn't, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. He's the guy that, uh, they liked and they wanted, uh, and he's here. Let me ask you a question. If you could right now have Vrana or Burakovsky back, who are you taking?
1: Just for on-the-ice stuff, or are we talking about, you know... It's, you just take him back. I, I think you got to be really worried about Vrana's, Um, I, I, I'm a bit concerned about... I don't know what his status is on, the, on yeah. the substance abuse stuff, and he's also coming off a pretty significant injury. So if I could have one, I guess I would take Burakovsky, but uh, I do think Verana does a better job. Like, taking all that all, off-the-ice stuff out of it, I'd probably take Verana, But I think Burakovsky's made a good accord of himself on... Uh, sure. ...on... The Kraken and you know, he's uh two times Stanley Cup champion. He's got that winning pedigree.
0: Yeah, I think uh I think the Caps play him Thursday night, which will be tonight if you're listening to this when it drops, right?
1: Yeah. He's uh he's I I'm very happy for him and the explosive Kraken offense was is currently third in the NHL in goals per game. We'll talk about a year over year improvement for that club.
0: Yeah, how about it?
1: Seven oh five points percentage. So John let's let's talk a bit about coaching. Uh Laviolette's been here a while now. Uh he he, he was brought in to right the ship. Um did, did not necessarily come in, in the most favorable of circumstances. The Capitals have still not won a playoff series since Barry Trotz left. Um I think based upon what what you've been saying, uh, you know, I I, I, I I certainly don't feel differently. I, I do not believe this will be the first year that the Capitals do win another playoff round uh, since Barry Trotz's departure. What's what's the lifeline looking like for Laviolette?
0: Well, first of all, I, I think that we would have said this doesn't look like the year they're going to uh, start winning uh, playoff series um, in 2018. Uh, you yeah. know, if we were sitting there uh, in on December 1st, 2017 we'd probably be asking the same question, you know, what's, you know, Barry Trotz is a lame duck. Uh, This team seems to be kind of floundering. What's the deal? Um, Now this team isn't that team. And uh, I I certainly wouldn't uh, expect uh, a similar result, but um, if you're asking, will they fire LaViolette? I I can't see it. Um, You know, you basically you don't usually fire a guy when you have a absolute mountain of injuries, you know. Yeah. And uh, he, obviously, those aren't his fault. Uh, I, I don't think that Scotty Bowman and Toe Blake sitting on the Caps bench uh, would make this team uh, a hell of a lot better right now. To be completely honest, uh, this team right now, this roster—I mean, this roster—healthy has uh, a little bit of uh, a a lack of talent, Um, you know, top end talent. And uh, so certainly when this team's depleted, it's uh, that's uh, even more evident. So, you know, to me, this isn't uh, you don't gas a guy for what they've done so far. I mean, like we said, they're one game under NHL 500 despite not, at, you know, despite having the most injuries uh, in the league, the most injuries, you know, the, when you look at the guys that do the the Twitter feeds of injuries and the salary of the guys that have been injured and the expected uh, standings points from the guys that have been injured, the Caps are by far uh, the most hammered team in the league. Uh, so to me, that's not why that's not a time when you gas a dude. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the only way I would see it is if you had a, a clear better option, uh, or a clear, um, other option that you wanted to try out and, uh, give uh, a test run to for three quarters of a season. And, you know, uh, I don't know that I see either of those things um, out there. You know, I mean, do you bring in Spencer Carberry or, uh, to try to coach the last three quarters of the year and see if you think he's an NHL coach? I mean, there are worse ideas, but uh, I don't know that the, the, the way that this front office operates, um, I would be surprised to see them uh, do anything with Laviolette, barring a you know, some sort of complete locker room revolt or something, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't expect to see anything in season uh, pretty much regardless. I think I'm more curious to see what the future holds with that kind of relationship. Um,
0: oh, I think he's probably, I think they probably go their separate ways after this year. It, you know, it's, it's hard to see them. Um, it, it it's hard to envision a scenario in which that isn't, uh, the case. Right. I mean, he's been fine. He's been yeah. maybe even good, but he hasn't won in the playoffs, which is, uh, a little unfair to be the, uh, such a huge basis of, um, evaluation, but it's, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, he's not, uh, he's, you know coaches have shelf lives we we said it when they moved on from uh barry trotz like you know if you gave barry trotz four years within a year or two i guarantee it would have been ugly uh you know the good vibes and all it would have ended not well and not it not too long after that so um you know, uh, I, I think that they're, they're probably, um, ready to go their own ways barring something unforeseen. So
1: you wouldn't bring Barry back? Is that what you're telling me?
0: Um, no, I, I don't think I would. No, I'm not interested in that.
1: Um, uh, I, you know, I, I think Barry is, uh, there's just always appeal for nostalgia, right? I mean, look, you get Alexander Semin out of retirement. And I think this team is really cracking. So.
0: Oh god.
1: <laughs> um, John, I I I want to get your take on. I mean, God, I, I feel like every time we're on, it's it's far enough in between that Ovechkin's done some more miraculous milestone things. Uh, The the key one last night being that he has now surpassed Wayne Gretzky for the most ever away goals in NHL history. Um, You know, he's, he's looking like he's going to do this thing and and catch Gretzky if he doesn't get a serious injury. Is that what you're tuning in for every night? Is it to watch Ovechkin on his quest?
0: Yeah. Yes, uh, but I'm still very invested and interested in this team and uh, what they're doing and where they're going. But, uh, you know, I think we'd all be lying if we said that Alex Ovechkin doesn't make this team (laughs) infinitely more interesting and watchable. Um, Becca noted uh, on the site in the new number that uh, there there are only 12 active players uh, other than Ovechkin who've scored as many goals in their entire career as Ovechkin has scored on the ro- road. Wow. So if Ovi had never played a home game in his career, he'd be the 13th leading goal scorer among active players. That's pretty crazy. That's, uh crazy. I mean, it's a, he's a dude who's always put on a show for fans on the road, uh, for fans at home. Uh, i went to my first game in forever against the flyers the night before Thanksgiving uh and he scored one and it's just as electric as it was in 2005 it's uh it's just incredible uh watching him do it the joy he takes in doing it uh you you run out of superlatives uh every night it's a new uh milestone uh it seems uh, you know the, he also, last night, I think I saw he tied Iramir uh, Yager for the most first goals, you know, most uh, opening goals in a game. You know, it, it just like most everything, he's climbing to the top of those lists and, uh, you know, adjusted for ERA, and he's already by far the best goal scorer this uh, game's ever seen. So uh, I don't think we should feel at all guilty about um just enjoying it and uh savoring every minute of it regardless of how shitty the team might be you know i, I don't think people always put the sort of would you rather the caps win another cup or ov break the record or you know are they going for it to make, be a good team or are they trying to just get over the record and i've never really sort of understood what those look like like the two different things like this team is good when Ovi scores, and this team uh, is is bad when he's not scoring. I don't understand the the world in which they would be a more competitive team with him scoring fewer goals. Uh, it just, uh, or the the world in which uh, they're he, he's they're trying to feed him goals and it doesn't result in them winning. Really, you know, so. I don't know that when when it's all said and done, you know you're gonna look at this dude and also realize that he played eight years of his career under uh, Barry Trotts, notorious defensive-minded coach, and Laviolette, a pretty defensive-minded coach, if you think about it, and and then another few with uh, Todd Reardon and Adam Oates, uh, just. I mean he's done it dis- sometimes despite uh the coaches uh around him. Uh it, it seems like sometimes the only people that can stop uh Alex Ovechkin from scoring are his coaches sort of like the old uh uh Dean Smith, Michael Jordan, quote, but anyway.
1: So so you you brought up a a a good point and I think we actually talked about it on this podcast a couple of years ago, you know, the would you rather another cup or 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 Ovechkin catching Gretzky, I think now the question, and maybe it is something the front office actually has to think about, is do you keep a competitive team together to, to make it so Ovechkin can catch Gretzky, or do you tear this thing down? I mean, it, it, yeah, they've had all these injuries, but the guys that are injured, except for Tom Wilson are older players. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I guess you could say the same thing for mm-hmm. Orloff, but in general, these are guys that are in the back halves of their career. Um, you know, oh, has been injured a lot. We talked on air at length about kind of how injuries would likely be a big part of the tail end of his contract, um, you know. Is the, you know, if Ovechkin's... I I think if Ovechkin wasn't on this team and they weren't trying to catch it, I think the best thing to make this team competitive again, a real contender again, would probably be to tear it down. I'm not saying they should do that um, because I think there are, you know, the Ovechkin thing is the kind of the center of this franchise right now. But, um, you know, where do you stand on that? I mean, if your goal was to make this team competitive in two years... And Ovechkin wasn't a part of that,, you know, or he wasn't playing here. Would you be i mean, are are there core building blocks left on this team?,
0: uh, you know it, it's a tough question because, um, when you talk about tearing it down, um you you really are talking the guy the only guys they're committed to uh, in the long term are those older building block uh you know foundational dudes that they they talked about i mean you look at their defense right uh do you know which caps defensemen are signed through next season
1: john carlson that's it yeah
0: john carlson jensen van reamsdyke gustafson farivari Alexeyev, Irwin. uh all, uh, and Orlov, all uh, free agents, you know? A- and so I-, I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, I think that this is a team that's, that was uh, built sort of with this year, this upcoming year, uh, being a uh, sort of possible transition point uh, up front. You have Lars Eller unrestricted, probably gone, Hathaway, Sherry, you know, nice work that they've done for this team. But, you know, do you re-sign those guys in their 30s? Uh, You know, Marcus Johansson, same thing. Uh, Nicholas Obey-Cabell, who's apparently on the Capitals. Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, Sonny Milano. I bring back Sonny Milano and Dylan Strom, I think. But, uh, you know, there, uh, there are a lot of pieces that they could slash should sell off this year um, that won't impact uh, necessarily necessarily their ability to contend or not contend uh, in the near future. It, it's the big sort of elephants in the room, you know, Kuznetsov's got two more years at 7.8. Do you move him to, 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 does anybody want him at that price? Uh Oshi's 35 and makes five and three quarters million for two more years. I don't I don't know that anybody's super interested in that, but maybe I mean they they would probably if Oshi could play healthy till the yeah. end of this uh there would be people lining up for him because he's exactly the kind of guy you want in the playoffs. Yep. Um but he, he's, it's also hard to see them moving on from him. So, you know obviously Carlson at 8 million for three more years. That would be a move that could potentially really help the caps to me. His game's fallen off a little bit this year, um, but he's also been hurt. The team hasn't been good. It's kind of hard to judge guys. uh, And he has for all his warts. uh, He's been a value on this contract uh, providing more than $8 million uh, of, a value per year. So, um, you know, it's, it's a tough question. I don't see them nuking the whole thing cause I just don't know how they can, like it would, it would require taking real pennies on the dollar, uh, for a lot of these dudes. Um, and you know, maybe it also matters, uh, whether Nick Backstrom, makes it back or not you know uh whether he uh takes one for the team or takes one for nick or does who knows what um i think there are a lot of balls in the air but regardless of whether they quote you know quote unquote tear it down uh this team probably looks a lot different next year you know um especially on the blue line i i absolutely could see them moving uh a nick jensen uh for something at the deadline you know right-handed defenseman's 32 makes two and a half million he's been pretty solid for them but uh you know he's got one more ufa contract left and i can't see the Caps signing it uh you know he's gonna want four million dollars a year or something like that for four years that's probably not something that the caps should do um so there are guys like that up and down the roster, and it, it might be time to make some tough decisions on them. But uh, you know, I, I don't know that they make the tough decisions on sort of those pillars uh, because they still they still need to sell tickets, and they still, you know, uh, they still remember two thousand eighteen, I guess, and. Uh, it's just hard. I mean, I'd be pretty heartbroken if they moved Oshi. uh, that would suck. Um, but who knows they're going to do what they're going to do. Um, uh, Brian McClellan's been, uh, pretty cold hearted, uh, deal maker at times in the past. So, uh, you know, we'll see, I I wouldn't put anything past him, but it's, uh, You know, they're not going to leave Alex Ovechkin here to rot by himself with a bunch of shitty Hershey Bears or something.
1: Yeah, and I think kind of the Darcy Kemper signing, I think, kind of illustrated how McClellan is not planning on doing any sort of rebuild, right? Yeah, agreed. The Kemper signing was kind of like, a no, we're still here to compete. Granted, with all these injuries, it's... It is tough to know exactly what the Capitals are as a fully healthy team. Um, it's unfortunate, you know, that, that this season, they have all those contracts expiring, as you said, next year. But this is the year to have a really high draft pick, if possible, right? Connor Bedard is, is looking like another kind of special player. Um, right. And, and if ever, some of the Capitals uh, should hopefully not be in that conversation. But they, I think there's a good chance that they end up with one of those uh, – what, what, does what Michael Blake McCurdy call them? The, 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 those worst draft picks, the one right after miss, you don't make the playoffs oh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. sadness index or whatever he calls it. Yeah. Them. I
0: think that's exactly right.
1: Yeah. That's where the capitals are kind of, are kind of trending. So,
0: yeah, I, I think that's probably right. I think that if they were healthy, uh, they're probably uh, a fringe playoff team. Maybe they make it in. Um, but you know, certainly New Jersey Devils going on an all-time heater uh I didn't I probably before the season would have uh said that the caps were would be fighting in in the division for or in the conference for a playoff spot with New Jersey among other teams but New Jersey is they've already punched their ticket basically I mean they they could play 500 and uh, cruise into the playoffs at this point so yeah. New Jersey is
1: one that uh, fooled me. I think three years in a row, I thought it was their time. Um, I thought they had the roster to do it. And I think that course kind of finally aged up to where it needs to be. And of course they just got an all worldly goaltender all of a sudden. So,
0: yeah, well, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> V-tech manager, that helps. What a guy,
1: um, what a guy, what a guy, John, what else is jumping out for you for this team? I know there's a lot, we kind of, you know, don't want to make this podcast too long. Uh, there's about a million things we could talk about that have happened this year, but what are kind of the big issues that, that you think are going to be at the top of people's minds?
0: Um, I guess, you know, it's when they sort of face reality of where they are this season and where they are, uh, going forward. And, um, you know, it's too early to throw in the towel on this season, but, um, you know, by January 1st, it may not be by certainly by, uh, February 1st, it may not be. So, uh, it, it, it's important to watch, uh, them hopefully be, uh, realistic, uh, with, with their prospects, uh, going forward, uh, not just this season, but, uh, down the road and, Uh, it, you know, it certainly does look like, um, after a lot of, uh, premature, uh, shoveling dirt on the cap's grave, um, it looks like this could be the year that they, they don't make it in. And, um, you know, it's been certainly a hell of a run, uh, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's a, um a wake up call to them or or they can convince themselves that if they had just been healthy, they would have been right there. And once you get in, you never know what can happen. So
1: I think that's so talk about a wake up call. I think Brian McClellan has had a halo above his head since he came here. His moves largely have worked out well, at least in the immediate, Is it time for him to pay the piper? Not in terms of his job, but are we seeing kind of the constant go in for it mentality really take its toll on kind of the franchise? Are we seeing kind of the depleted coffers, the lack of great, talented players down in Hershey? I mean, the Capitals really have, what, two, maybe three blue chip offensive guys that are within three or five years of of really stepping up.
0: Do they have that many?
1: Uh, I'm counting the guy in Russia. I'm not going to try to Oh, right, right. Um, I think Hendricks Lapierre. People do seem to think that he really is going to be the real deal. Um, I- I'm not so sure on McMichael, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, who, who knows how he's going to do.
0: Um, but, yeah, uh, you know. I think first and foremost, everybody in the organization should always be held accountable uh, for the decisions and actions, uh, the decisions they make and the actions that they take. And uh, Brian McClellan isn't uh, exempt from that by any means. Um, But I'm also never going to fault teams for going for it. Um, You know, the prospects are for poor people. (laughs) It's like, you go for it. Uh, you take your, sh- you shoot your shot and, uh, you know, you-, you can win a cup when uh, everybody already has buried you. And it's not necessarily uh, the way that, it's not ideal for planning for the future, but um, at the same time you know if you're an NHL GM you're not planning for somebody else's future you're planning for your future so you need uh results now uh, it's not how i i invest for my retirement but uh you know it, it for the, an NHL team uh yeah for the most part i don't have any problem with going for it if you're realistic about what it is they they haven't traded a ton of uh of players I'm super regretful for. And the, the, the more, the most regretful I, I am is probably for them trading Siegenthaler, which is, you know, one that nine out of 10 fans probably forget about entirely. So, you know, that's a dude who would look great on the caps blue Fantastic. line right now. But, um, you know, I, it, it, you, you make your, you shoot your shot and, uh, that wasn't a good one. Um, but you know, there are other things going on in other places and uh, you still, they did the thing they went for it. They went for it and went for it. And uh, there's a hangover associated with that, uh, you know, a a salary cap hangover associated with that, whether you win or lose. Uh, Luckily they did win one. So, uh, you know, I have no regrets.
1: I think, uh, you know, i just love the prospects are for poor people i think that might be my (laughs)
0: that that's not mine that's from a a baseball dude on twitter i I forget uh who
1: it was i I like it a lot um you know i think there are a couple in there after they won right you got burkovsky Vrana, siegenthaler it's all those guys that it almost feels like the next wave was traded out uh, i mean th- th- those were all salary cap management moves so it became were was the organization too attached to the big name guys to all of the big name guys you know could some of them have been moved on could a spot have been opened up for a mcmichael a couple of years off well, i don't know if he would have been ready then but were there other things they could have done to kind of extend this 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 drive and it's, it's very easy in situations like this to play monday morning quarterback um especially after they won the cup, you know, all the deals before the cup made a lot. I mean, obviously they all made sense because they ended up working out in the end. Um, But in in, in those few years after, should the caps have continued to go in for that win and it's tough to know. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Burkowski makes five and a half million bucks. I mean, how are they going to fit that in? Or you want him to trade Kuznetsov after he killed Pittsburgh and won a cup for him. No. You know, okay. It,
1: it, what was Horikovsky <laughs> on though, when they traded him though? I think that's the, you know, cause they, I don't remember what his last deal was before. This right. Year.
0: Right. Uh, it was 3 million a year. Yeah. Um, but, uh, or th- uh, it looks like three and a quarter, three, three and a quarter, something like that. Um, and then he was 4.9 uh, in t- 2020 to 2- yeah. 21. I mean, he, salaries go up good players start costing more it, it's just they're their casualties of this thing you know you can uh, you can tell me who you would have gotten rid of and uh made it work but they they obviously prioritized they, they keeping uh that core together of uh Nick and Alex and then Kuzi and Osh, um and You know, but they, they let, yeah, but they let Ed Carlson so far has provided value on that contract, but you know, they let Braden Holtby walk. They let, uh, Jay Beagle go. They, they, it wasn't just pure, uh, you know, nostalgia fueled, uh, thank you for your service contracts that they were handing out. Um, there was a plan and, you know, sometimes those plans work out better than others. Yeah. No, you're right. I think the
1: only one that's really a very clear what was the Siegenthaler deal, because um, he just fell out of favor so fast, and it, it really was yeah.
0: uh, like a flip of a switch. It felt like. Um, yeah, and they wanted to play Chara, so. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it, it was basically it basically. I mean, maybe I'm misreading it, but to me, it looked like they chose Chara over Siegenthaler, which, maybe a little short-sighted. <laughs>
1: one could definitely could definitely argue. Yes. John, we're at about 45 minutes. Is there uh you know anything else you want to talk about before we let let our listeners get on with their uh with their day? I mean, they're probably all going to be getting geared
0: up for the United States Netherlands game on Saturday. Yeah. Um go USA. Um I, I hope that they can uh get some goals and saves and wins. <laughs> 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 I think we can beat those orange fuckers. Uh Virgil van Dyke's going down. Hard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, I uh it's I've really enjoyed watching it. Um having two kids now. Um I've found myself watching a lot more soccer because I can watch it at you know, during in the mornings. Right? In yeah. the mornings over the weekend. When the kids are up, we can like I can have it on the background. It's a lot easier than watching those those late hockey games when the uh when the kid, you know, I'm putting my daughter down or something like that and then, then i think i was telling you this the other day I, I, I put on my phone to start streaming the game and the caps are down two goals it makes it a little yep. less uh, exciting to go turn the game on so um, yeah. well john i appreciate you taking the time it's been too long uh, I, I hope we're back talking about some great stuff soon um ho- hopefully talking about how the capitals are, are back and healthy again
0: yeah, we can and and we can do a soccer uh, podcast too. We can do Japer's Pitch. Um, it, it'll be all football all the time, and uh, it may be more interesting to talk about than the Washington Capitals. <laughs> you know, it, don't
1: don't tempt me. It, it, it could yeah. be fun. Uh, it could be. You know, we can start recording it early in the mornings. But you know what? We'll 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 save that one for later. Uh, on behalf of myself and JP. Thank you for listening to this episode of Japer's Drink Radio. As always, please follow us on Twitter as long as that is still operational. Um, in case it's not, just go check out japersdrink.com and you should do that anyway. Uh, comment on, 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 on anything and you'll be shocked how quickly one of us can arrive. So, thanks again for listening to this episode of Japer's Drink Radio.